Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to live my life, putting purpose over profit. Too many fallen soldiers, too many slain prophets. Eyes on the prize, yeah, I gotta watch it. Agents amongst us, get your hand out my pocket. I'm sick with the pet. Brothers and sisters are sick in the pet. Oppressed by the man, attacked by the clan. America's plan, depression sets in. People becoming so hopeless. Said we can't breathe, they still choke us. They put the body cam on, it's either turn off or out of focus. Yeah, another death, another life. They pull the trigger, no thinking twice. Cops be wildin', the killing youth. The new Jim Crow, a different noose. It's the beast, it's the beast, mark of the beast. Cease and desist, increase the peace. Move in silence, don't make a sound. But when they come, stand your ground. R.I.P. to all the martyrs. Say your prayer, Heavenly Father. Black lives matter, black lives matter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, as Josh said, uh, I'm Malcolm. I'm the CEO of Game 7, and our primary mission is to help educators connect and lead people who come from different backgrounds than they do. Um, and by educators, we don't mean teachers. We mean people that teach something. So that could be a manager. That could be somebody on a podcast who teaches finances but is trying to expand their market to include people who are financially illiterate, you know, so to to build that gap and to teach people that education doesn't stop after 12th grade or after undergrad or after grad school, wherever you stop your formal education. Yeah, and I'll pick it up from there. Um, we just we're just trying to promote purposeful life. Um, we don't want to just exist. We want to live and we want to thrive. So, you know, game seven goals and ambition mean everything. You know, game seven is when to go home. So we, we just we realized we weren't doing our part despite um, having lots of accomplishments among the five people who are part of game seven. Um, we came together. We kind of had a, a mindset mindset shift among all the guys in our circle. And then, you know, Malcolm created the idea and then, you know, a year later, um, you know, we're in this position where we're, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, it's pretty amazing and very inspiring. So I have to give credit for both of y'all and Justin Sinclair. So shout out to Just that you guys commitment is incredibly inspiring. I mean, relentless every single day from the daily fitness challenges for 90 days to just being a constant inspiration, not only to, you know, the followers, but also the community and my stories wouldn't have gotten better if I wasn't for people like yourselves pushing me to get better. So I appreciate that. No doubt. No doubt. All love, man. Appreciate it. And then we have a nice little clip here to, I think, illustrate the concept of Game 7. So when it gets to that point of the break, just remember that that's the point. That's where the growth is. When you don't feel no pain, 
You don't feel no kind of stress and everything. You're not really learning. You're not really growing. You're doing that easy. Learning is only done at the edges. So if you're capable of 100, you're only going to really learn once you get to 99, 98. 97 and under, that's easy. You already got those habits down. So never, ever, ever quit. Because it could be a Hall of Fame career on the other side of your breaking point. Easy work. See, I love that. Because I feel like, thank you, absolutely. Because how many of us have those self-limiting beliefs, and of course we're going to get into it later because it's completely related, that are established from society to keep us in this box and not think we can get get wider than that. And Brother Mix, your thoughts, sir? Yes. Um <clears throat> First and foremost, shout out to both of y'all and shout out to Justin. Um, the whole platform is much needed. Um, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's First always foremost, great to see to both of y'all. Um, brothers to come together. It's always great to see brothers come together with something positive, something good, um, and being proactive. Um, being proactive to make sure that we're giving back to our communities. Far too often, we think that education is supposed to be used as a tool to get us out of our communities. It's supposed to be an educational tool for us to actually um, give back to our communities, uh, to stay within our communities, to build up our communities, um, to leverage the intellectual property and the talent that we have within our communities. Um, and that's what y'all doing. You're grinding, baby. So, I mean, I'm just happy to be here to hear y'all, um, to share some space and time with y'all. I had the pleasure of attending school with my man, Mount, as well as Just. And then, you know, Kendall, I got a chance to catch you when we uh, slid through through uh, Blair Day that I think this past year, mm-hmm. I think. So, you know, it was good to see you, bro. And um, y'all doing big work, man. I'm not going to take up too much air time. I'm going to get in where I fit in. I want to hear y'all. Man. <laughs> and we actually have a photo from that actual day, I believe. Hey. There it is. Hey. Okay. So, Happy. Ala Viva. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, gentlemen, I mean, there's no easy way to say this. For lack of better words, there are public lynchings in america right now so when you see these images that i feel like for most of our lifetimes that it were it was obvious to us but the rest of the world had a bit of cognitive dissonance but now you can't deny it's undeniable so anyone denying it now is conscious cognitive dissonance because we all know that you know better so of course growing up until now, what has that journey been for both of y'all dealing with these type of incidents, unfortunately? Okay. Well, first, um, and people that know me, they were like, yo, Mount, be careful what you say. You know, <laughs> they know how I am. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on ownership. But I also told them, like, yo, I committed a lot of time to learning how to communicate. Like, for example, just less than two weeks ago, I was certified as a speaker by Dr. Eric Thomas. Nice. You know I mean? He's a preacher and a motivational speaker. I spoke in front of him and the team, and I went through all of these classes. So I committed a lot of time to learn how to communicate, you know? And people learn from emotional moments. Like, we all know where we were on 9-11 because of the emotional side to it. So those are the things that you really want to talk about if you want to connect with people. But my perspective is, like, I'm, I'm a dog. You feel me? I'm a dog and I always root for the dog. Like I love the, the Patrick Beverly's, the Jalen Ramsey's, or and it, and it don't gotta look that way, like or like a Brett Favre, like somebody you just know like they playing not a game, they playing their life. You know, and for example, I remember years ago when RG3 was hot in DC, there was a game that they lost. And he didn't play too bad. But after the game in the press conference, he lit his team up. He was like, my lineman blocked better, we wouldn't we would have did better. If my receivers caught the ball, we would have did better. 
if the DBs would have made the tackles, we would have did better, right? One perspective. And then after the Eagles beat the Patriots a couple of years ago for the Super Bowl, after Tom Brady set the Super Bowl record for passing yards, he says, I should have made more plays. Mm. You feel me? He played great, but he took ownership. Regardless of whatever else was going on, he said, I'm going to find a way to figure it out. Like, that's a dog. So that's naturally my mentality. Um, and just, I also think, like, we've been doing this for so long. Like, were y'all in programs before y'all went to, to uh, Petty? Yeah. And did you have to do any extra, like Saturday school, afternoon school, morning school? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So my thing is, like, I know my perspective is different. Like, even with, like, race relations, just the fact that we went to Petty and Woodbury, like, we were exposed to literally the world, you know, at a, at a very, very high level. But I've been going that distance 12, like, literally. Like, I'm going to seventh grade, Saturday school, seventh grade. Uh, summer school, seventh grade, Monday through Friday, ride out to Princeton every day, eighth grade, Saturday school, eighth grade, then go to school Monday, come home Friday before high school. We went to Petty six, six days a week. You feel me? I went to undergrad. I went to grad school, got a four point all of those different kind of things. And it's school, and which is not that special. Education is very, very important, but I don't want to overrate school, you know? But I'm putting in a lot of time, so and i'm real conscious about what i put into my mind so like i don't even look at bad stuff like i'm not i'm into the win like i don't care who show up to the court it could be six on five it could be all seven footers it could be all little little dame lillards or something i don't care i'm gonna get my men with me and we just gonna figure out how to win i don't care what you do some things may not be fair some things may not be that and i obviously you want things to be set up in a way where everybody get an opportunity to win. But every now and then you'll find a leader, and I don't, have a lot, I don't I'm not even a fan this way, a basketball fan, but like we'll get a leader like LeBron who can get a band the bandits together and overcome the Warriors. You feel me? So I just take it like a lot of things are wrong and those should not be ignored. But I do believe that we have a lot of opportunities to be successful in life, regardless of where you're coming from, due to a lot of the fights that those before us had. Like I've been talking to some people, like people die before us doing these same kind of protests and things that were much longer stressed uh, just so we can read. But we collectively, we still don't read. Or I, I tell my students uh, in, in, in class in DC, I'm like, yo, there's so many resources. We got so many resources, but not enough resourcefulness. Hmm. And that's not to say that things are not hmm. fair because things are not fair. Some things are very, very wrong. Um, that's just, you're stupid if you if you deny that, you know? But I just take the perspective like, yo, I'm gonna focus on what's on my plate and I'm gonna dominate it, you know? So that hopefully, even if it's just through game seven, I can reach back out and help somebody. Like, yo, this is wrong, but you gotta be able to prevail. Like I see today was the black post, uh, a kind of, I don't know all the details, but everybody take a stand of solitude and block out the market and such. Said so Martin Luther King and them did that for 381 days. 381. And like our plan from the beginning, like I said, I'm not the most informed. There's only one. One day, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not I'm not educated on it. You know? So like that's why we do the game seven every day. Every, every day. Like knowing how wrong it is and that we're we're starting so far back, you can't stop, yo. Mm -hmm. like, you really can't stop. And I tell people, I always tell my kids. No breaks. 
No such thing as a break, only recovery. If you tear your ACL, you can't sit there kicking your feet up on the couch, watching the games. You got to be rehabbing, get on the arm bike, watch all the film that you can, getting prepared so that when things open back up, when you are healthy, you can go. So I, I'm rapping, so I'm going to cut myself off. But I'm not oblivious to these things, but I saw long ago, and I, and I have people raising me the right way, that I'm going to just dominate what I can and try to change the narrative. I can't change everything, but I can change me, my circle, and the people who I choose to have around me and who choose to have me around them. And like, we just did that and then multiplied. And this isn't about us. Like, it's about those that follow us. I mean, that's the feel that a lot of people haven't accepted either. Mm -hmm. Like, even how we're mad today, XYZ people 50, 60 years ago were like, yo, like, y'all mad at this? You feel me? <laughs> and that don't mean that it's not wrong. You feel me? But I just think that we should max out. And as we continue to fight, in the fashion that it's been, we need to continue to fight to develop ourselves so that we can overcome these things because there's so much proof. Like you could be anybody from a janitor to the president, it's been proven. It's not easy, but I just think that if we had like a paradigm shift on focusing on like on what we can do, what if we do have, I'm not sure how things will look, but I would love to get that a shot as a, as a collective culture. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna piggyback off what Malcolm said. Obviously, you know, um, you know, growing up, I'm sure all of y'all, I did. I got this speech about when I first started driving, um, you know, be careful, right? Be careful. Um, till this day, when I see a cop car, I still get a little, that little quick paralyzed moment. Like, oh, I get starched, right? That's that's just ingrained in us. Um, like, for real, you get starched. Absolutely. Um, that's ing ingrained in us. Obviously, if you try to deny the fact that things, you know, are equal or fair, you want you, you something and you need to get off of it. Um, you know, but in terms of what Malcolm said as well, I, I do believe, you know, um, I don't know what a plan is. You know, I don't know what a resource is. I don't know. I don't know where we can go from there. But what I do know is you can start from yourself and be prepared um, and to change the cycle. You know, uh, it has to start somewhere. It, you know, if you aren't happy, um, fight, kick, just like the shirt I'm wearing, don't quit. Just like the young man said on the comment, don't quit. Uh, everyone's going to be at a disadvantage at some point in their life. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, when you see people getting murdered, that that's, you know, that's a little disheartening. But at the same time, um, until we can kind of figure out something that's on a mass level, you know, discipline and commitment is going to start within from ourselves and our um, circles to have accountability for what you do. Um, educate, and it doesn't even have to be a formal education. It could be if you're trying to do something with a business, educate yourself with that. Education doesn't have to just be what school you graduated from. It's about learning new things. Um, so once we learn new things, change with that, uh, you know, encourage change, encourage that like paradigm shift, as Malcolm said, um, you know, when, when the mindset changes, then you can push through while pushing for a bigger goal. But it has to start at a smaller level because whatever the plan comes to is going to come down to commitment and discipline, you know, because if we keep doing what we're doing, it's going to be hard to, you know, not if, if we don't have a plan together, it's going to be hard to do it with a massive numbers because we all know what's going on out there. Um, you know, so a plan isn't and it needs to be intact. Like I said, I don't know what that is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm open, but I know 
from what I can do for a change is to continue to do what we do is um, go hard every day and try to influence and, and change as many people, um, their minds as I can. Because then if one person changes that, then I can touch them. Then that person can touch them. And then, you know, it kind of breaks out. But, um, you know, on an individual standpoint, I think it's important to, um, you know, change your mind in, in, in the midst of all this because, you know, yo, you got to get it. Like we're at a disadvantage no matter what. Um, and while we're fighting for um, equal rights and fighting for our lives and whatever we want with our journey and our careers in life, it's a fight. Um, so you got to come with commitment, consistency, and, and, and just straight up that dog attitude and mentality to be like, yo, whatever it takes, I'm going to come at it with, with, you know, with his passion and, and, and come hard. Real rap, real rap. And uh, I just want to amplify a couple of points that were lifted up. You talked about, you know, Malk talking about, you know, being a dog, you know what I mean? And really having that dog mentality. Um, you know, UKG um, talking about, you know, don't quit. And I see Dean over there throwing out the don't quit poem back when we were pledging. I understand that. A um, couple of things to lift up that I want people to understand, because honestly, I had to talk to some of my students yesterday in our meeting for worship because I heard so much heartbreak, so much despair. Um, they're out here talking about, you know, it's it's tough to be black. Um, I'm sad to be black. I'm afraid to be black. And I'm like, don't get it twisted. No matter what they say, no matter what the images depict, black is beautiful. Um, exactly. Black is strength. Um, black is resilient. Um, and we shouldn't be afraid of being black. Folks are afraid of us being black. And that's real rap. Um, that being said, when you think about, even thinking back to the slavery days, right? Um, we were given scraps, yet we made soul food, right? Mm -hmm. Resilient. Um, even when you think about the drug economy, um, you know, folks want to flood out our blocks with cocaine. And even in terms of ingenuity, we made crack. Right. And, I, and I'm not glorifying that in any way, shape or form. What I'm saying is imagine if we were given stuff that weren't scraps. Imagine if we were giving things that wasn't cocaine. Right. Imagine what we would do with that, because all the nonsense we've been given, all the scraps we've been given, we still found a way to flip it. Right. And really make it do what it do within the community for better or for worse in some cases. What I'm saying is the drive, the mentality, the innovation, the ingenuity, the genius, the brilliance, the beauty, it's there. And folks are afraid of that. Um, but we need to make sure we tap into that. And that's why this is a beautiful platform. You know, we got four black men right here just talking together, you know? We're not talking over each other. We're not talking at each other. We're talking with each other. And that's a beautiful thing. And this is, this is something that people are afraid of. And we're not even connected physically. <laughs> we in four boxes on the screen, you feel me? So it's like, and that's dangerous to people. And that's real rap. So with that being said, the more and more we can do this, and then when we get past all this social distancing and whatnot, the more and more we can come together and link arms and really move in the right direction and push things forward, man, we're going to be all right. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the, the coolest things about this movement. If you could take any, you know, silver lining or any type of solace from this incident, it's the fact that people are coming together in a massive way. And it's all about peace, love and positivity, which I think is the, the main takeaway, as you guys have all articulated. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think uh, over this past weekend, um, obviously, the media it has put in, uh, putting a lot of negativity out there. You know, that's just, you know, any news outlet. Um, but positively, you know, you, you have seen um, protests that, that come together, that show unity, that show that people can have a plan. And that was a quick plan. And, 
and then make it effective. Obviously, um, you know, as time goes on, the plan will have to get, a, you know, a bigger emphasis somewhere, um, you know, and obviously some, like Killer Mike said, like Killer Mike stepped up and, and spoke that real, um, you know, and we're going to need a lot of leaders and, you know, a lot. The biggest thing is crazy because um, right now we in 2020, man, like the world is, is, is a crazy place and um, people are just so angry. Right. So I understand what's going on. We in a pandemic right now. We're tired. We've seen a, a murder. It's not like we've never seen murders before, but this one was just like, yo. And then now a lot of people have cabin fever. A lot of people don't know what's going on right now. So many people are lost um, because they lost their identity with going to whatever job they are. So people are angry, um, right? But I also think it's important to um, to still not, you know, forget the message behind it, right? Because when you have so much anger, you and, and the more emotion you have when you make a decision on that same scale, I'm at a 10, a 10, zero scale. If your emotion is at 10, your reasoning will be zero when you make a decision and vice versa. Like, you know, when your reasoning is about a 10, obviously I'm just giving generic numbers, your emotion will be zero when you make that decision. So um, with everything going on, there's a lot of, I, a lot of emotional reactions as it should be. People are angry. Um, we're in pandemic. We see another people, another black man, another black person getting killed on on TV and then um, on on video. And then we see the first uh, coroner report to act like he it was something wrong before it happened. Right. Everyone knows it's BS, but that's the fact. So obviously, I, I you know, the, the reactions to it are, you know. The reason why they are right now, where people are angry, they lost their job, they don't have many resources right now, um, the cabin fever, so that's just explode. And this is just the pinnacle of it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see over the next, um, you know, couple of weeks, months, how this situation, you know, ha- uh, you know, plays out because, you know, statistically proven, it may happen again in this certain time, um, in, in this certain time period while we're uh, waiting for this justice to be served. Um, you know, so I understand it. And, and, and it's just crazy that we live in a time where, you know, I got to look over my shoulder and things like that. And I'm, and I, I, and I, and I get that anxiety driven in me because of other people being scared of me. And like a couple of years ago, I had a shortcut, right? Um, big personality. I would get greeted with smiles. Now I got dreads. Like I live in these, I live in a DMV. I got dreads. Now those smiles turn into the eye cuts. And like to me, I'm like, damn, just because I changed my hairstyle. Like, um, so so it's definitely real. Um, I don't want to rap too much so we can we can keep it flowing. I want I want to jump in if that's cool, Silk. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Mal. Because throwing out the nicknames out here. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> but I, I think like that's where we come in. Cause with me, like I've always struggled because I've always been a nerd. But I've been like, I'm one of the most informal nerds you ever you'll ever meet. Like even at Petty, like I push the boundaries, like with the dress code, you feel me? 
Like I had my car and I wasn't supposed to. Like not things that were blatantly disrespectful, but just a little bit different, you know. Um, and that's where I like with Game Seven. I just take things to ownership. So like when I gave my speech to ETNM to get my certification, I told a, a story about how ninety nine percent of it they thought it was gonna be about racism. But in the end, I made it about experience. Mm. It was like, yo, it's so dope how you didn't bring up race. You feel me? So like when you're dealing with somebody who about their business, the conversations are different, the questions are different. Because it's question after question after question after question. So what's going on? They're protesting. Why? Uh, because it is. Well, what's going on? Boom. And then the questions start getting tougher. Well, you're uh, processing about discrimination because of education. So let's look into education. Are all of the kids taking advantage of the education system? Are the parents showing up to the, like they get deeper and deeper and deeper and they and they start to cut more. Like we very, very rarely dig that deep. So I always ask myself, so what do we do now? So I see like the way that we've been doing it, we haven't got the results that we desire. So we need to learn something different, all right? So what do we learn? But then stop there. I ask educators all the time, what is learning? Mix, what's learning? Let me put you on the spot. What's learning? Mm, learning is stretching yourself. I would say that you have to make yourself vulnerable. Um, and it's about actually going into uncharted territories that make you uncomfortable. And you learn from that. Sometimes you have to fail in order for you to actually learn that lesson and succeed next time. Okay. Okay. What about you, So, For me, learning is about satisfying that authentic curiosity that you have. And going after that, because usually if you really want to learn something and you have that game seven mentality, it just draws you to it and you're going to do whatever it takes. You'll go to the top of Mount Everest if it means you're going to get the answer that you're looking for. So that, that's how I equate learning for me. I wasn't always engaged and I was my own. Like I, like I said, I'll take ownership of that. But at the same time, I wasn't always learning things that made me feel like that. And it wasn't until I got out of school when I had the ch choice to choose what I wanted to learn. And then that's when I sprinted toward all the things that I wanted to actually learn. Okay. All right. Got you. So you, do you have to do it the game seven way to learn? For me, what's the game seven way? What would you elaborate? Oh, for me, that would be something that just completely passionate about. Okay. Got you. Okay. Got you. All right. So this is, we take things and put it in a way for people to use it. So this is just us. I don't know if this is no scientifically proven thing, but this is a way that we communicate it. So first thing you have to do is consciously entertain the idea. So most people don't learn. Most people collect information. Like whoever watches this, this show, even if they're keenly interested in, in it, if they just watch it, they just collect the information. They did not learn. Right. So first thing is you got to be conscious. You have to pay attention on purpose. You start to pick things up because you activate something in your brain called your reticular activating system. It's like when you get the new black S 500 and then all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere else. That's because you activated that part of your brain. There's no way your brain can take in everything that's around. You just, there's too much stimuli. You can only take in what you focus on. So you have to pay attention on purpose. You feel me? The next thing is you got to get emotionally involved with it. Mix, where were you on 9-11? I was in middle school, uh, eighth grade year. Remember New York City, um, got sent home early. I remember being on a train station platform, folks losing their mind. I'm worried about folk. It was crazy. All right. Uh, so where were you on 
I was at the Newtown Friends School in Newtown, PA, and it was a very unrealistic day because in our homerooms at the time, there were televisions and we would watch the news every morning just to, you know, just to stay informed. And then what happened happened. And it was just like, wait, what is this? Is this like a a glitch? Is it Hollywood? And then once the adults actually started crying and there goes that emotion that you were talking about, then it made it more real. KG. I was in fifth grade, Miss Wishnick's class. Uh, I remember having everybody's parents were uh, coming to pick them up. My mom, she ain't come pick me up though. I was like, yo, what is going on? <laughs> but uh, at the time, I just, cause I was still in elementary school. I wasn't in middle school yet. So our teacher didn't really, um, well, I know for sure my teacher didn't specifically say what happened. And uh, this was around when the West Nile virus was. So I was like, man, the West Nile, somebody just got the West Nile in our school. They tripping. Uh, but then I got home and then it was just like, whoa, like it was, it was crazy. All right. So that that was um, what, 20 years ago. What was it? 2001? One. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, that hurts your boy. And we all, we all remember when people get engaged, they all remember. When you graduate, you always remember and that's because of the emotions tied to the event. So you have to take what you're paying attention on purpose to, what you're conscious of, and then you have to have emotional ties to it. Like I tell my kids, my uh, my students, just how y'all come to me the last week of school before grades are due and you care, you gotta care about that the entire, the entire semester. You feel me? That means you, that means you left so much on the table, right? So third is, is to go act. That's what a lot of people don't do. Like they'll go to all these seminars, take notes, then they don't do it. You gotta be intense, consistent, and you have to maintain that over a long duration. And then now this is where the learning is. You get feedback. So if you had some C's before and you start to change your learning strategy and you get a C again, you ain't learn. You get a D, you ain't learn. If you got a B, you learn something. Something worked. So you go back and increase it. And then your feedback is, again, you got an A. So your feedback tells you if you're actually learning. Like if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, yeah, I've been through this, I know. You collected the information, but you did not learn, right? So we try to help people learn. And through all of the turmoil that we've been been through as a race and as a culture, our stress level is extremely high, right? But then we don't really know what stress is. Like we know it's something that's uncomfortable, but we just don't feel good. You know, and, and we describe that as stress is when your demands are way higher than your ability. Mm. I have to take this final uh, at my new school. I'm coming from public school to a great private school. I'm not prepared. So I'm stressed because I'm studying so hard and I just don't feel like I can meet it because my demands are, my ability is not enough to meet the demands. Or, or, and, or, is when needs, but not enough resources to fulfill those needs. And like I think that's what's hitting us now. Like, yo, we need help collectively as a race, as a culture, as a people, as a country. You feel me? We need help, but we don't necessarily have the resources to go get them. So then that's when me as a person, I take a step back. Me, what I can control, I can control my ability. I can control my ability to go find resources and increase my resources that will eliminate my stress. Now, hopefully one day we go, we stumble into a good community to where 
we're getting more resources that are a bit more impactful, or we have somebody training us in the various ways to increase our ability, right? But when you continue to worry about your inability to meet those demands or your lack of resources to meet those needs, that's called anxiety. I'm so worried about what's going to happen. And depression is when you're so worried about the past. Then I can't believe I made that mistake. So we often get stuck, right? Because when you're stressed, you're thinking the wrong thoughts. Not to say that they're necessarily right thoughts, but there are empowering thoughts and disempowering thoughts. Thoughts that add muscle and thoughts that take away muscle, right? And your thought process, that's so like, just how you think now, just how you think now is so important because of those thoughts, those lead to your choices, right? Oh, Corona is all bad. So you're going to look at all the bad news. You're going to find all the ways to get fed the bad information, right? Then your choices lead to your behavior. You're going to be so paranoid. You don't want to go outside. Now you're not ordering your groceries. Now you're not X, Y, Z. You're feeding that energy into your kids or your husband or your wife, right? And then thought, choice, behavior, then that leads to your experience. Yo, this is just such a bad time, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. You feel me? Then that leads to your emotions. Thought, choice, behavior, experience, emotions. So what you think is very, very important. And because of our experience in, in life and in our culture, we're very, very emotional about it, as you said. But then, all right, so do you react to your emotions or do you respond? You feel me? So I can go on all day. So we just take the time to break down, like, yo, what can you do? You feel me? Things are not fair. We're stressed. So how do we handle stress? Or we lack resources. How do we get our bread up? Because a lot of people, generally speaking, you can find that 250 for them J's. A LLC is 225. You're going to hit the block and sell the CDs. You know, take that that money you spend on the CDs, go to tech school and post post movies on on fire stick or whatever the, the case may be. You know, it's like we gotta we gotta shift our paradigm. Like that's what's killing. I don't want to say that, but that that's something that we gotta shift is is our paradigm. And paradigm is like when you get your phone. I had this phone for years. It came with a regular software. You feel me? So your paradigm is your regular software. But every now and then you get that text that alert saying you got to update. You feel me? But if you got too much stuff on your phone and you don't delete the old stuff on your phone, you ain't updated. <laughs> delete, need some space. You stuck, right? So your paradigm is like, yo, through time, you're still stuck in that same frame without developing, you know? So I think like we come and we just try to help. Like, yo, what can we do? What can we do? How do you process? Let me tell you what that is, you know? And 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 uh just to go on, when we work with our students, obviously we work with students of color and we, you know, work with uh white students. Um, and the students of color, you know, the students we were supposed to work with, they were supposed to be the students that never wanted to um grasp anything, were all always pushing it. We just came in there talking to them something regular and, and, and different and respected them. And they already, from as soon as we walk in, their mood, they're locked in and we just met them, right? Because they feel our energy, right? We're responsible because we understand like, yo, like I may not want to be where I want to be or I may not, we may not be where we want to be as a culture, but I know if I want to make change, obviously there's multiple ways to change and impact I know it's my duty because I was given um, an opportunity by someone else. It's my duty 
right? To serve other people and help them change that. Because I was down bad after I left football, right? My mentality was awful. Mentality was awful, right? But then I had a mindset change because my friends, my circle held me accountable and said, yo, we got to pick it up. Boom. I got people around me. That's why it's so important to be around people that want to do something that is going to be impactful versus um, I just want to do something to be um, to say I, 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 you know, I tried or I tried to change, um, you know. I just it just comes down to consistency um, and, and, and that's the hardest thing, um, you know, so. I don't want to keep talking about it because I'm just going to keep going to go back to the, the consistency part and I'm um, doing our, our, our part because if we want levels of change uh, on the mass level, it has to start, you know, at, you know, just the, the foundation and, and the foundation is our mind. Um, what we feed our mind, our diet and our diet is not just what we, um, you know, put in our body. It's what we watch. And, you know, is is what we want is it, is um, the propaganda. So all that is part of our diet. So, um, you know, when you're intentional about what you put into your diet, you know, that can definitely be a change of, you know, something like that. Real rap, real rap. And again, your brothers are just coming with all the gems. I just want to uh, amplify some points. And I'm, I'm going to throw in some verses, too, that I wrote when I was uh, in college. Uh, we had a... Uh, it was a grad school course. It was called Politics of the Hip Hop Generation. And me and my, my, my frat brother, we wrote a song called N-Words and B-Words. And it was really about the messages and the things we consume. So talking about what you just said, KG, um, think about the diet, what we consume. Think about what you just talked about, Malk. Talked about teaching and learning, like learning, but the other side of that is teaching. And you talk about that emotional connection. What are we being taught as a race, right? And what emotions are, are, are being triggered or reared up in us? So much so that because we were taught certain things and have a certain emotional attachment to it, we continue the same behavior or we shy away from certain behaviors, right? It's almost like when you get roasted for wearing some type of shoes or whatever, you got the knockoff joints. You're going to remember that. So you're probably going to change your behavior. You're going to actually start looking for other brands, even if you might not be able to afford it. So we think about the emotional piece, right? Um, but the thing that I want to drive home, and I'll, I'll, I'll do some lyrics. Silk knows this song because I shared with him before. I'm going to clean it up, too. I'm not going, I'm not dropping the nasty words. I'm going to clean it up. But um, we'll be talking about the whole situation of actually, like, being black in America. If you want to quote James Baldwin, we can quote James Baldwin in terms of, you know, being black and relatively conscious is always to be in a constant state of rage, right? But if we also want to talk about other pieces, you think about W.E.B. Du Bois, you think about double consciousness, you think about that whole notion of duality. Mm-hmm. Um, and being double-minded in some spaces. There's a lot of mixed messages we have, and sometimes we have to choose based off our teacher, based off the way that we're learning, which way is forward. So this is the joint that I wrote, and it goes like this. It goes, turn off the TV, tell the lies to your vision. Open your eyes and your ears to my mind, to my rhymes, you should listen. Before you do some dumb stuff, land your butt up in prison, getting blank, lifting weights, claim blank as religion, put them white bricks down, make a conscious decision. Push those white kicks now. Make sales, get commissions, get money, stack paper, cop a pot, you can piss in. You can still hustle and flow, just change your ambitions. F it. Be an N-word, because that's all we'll ever be, cuz. Although we built America, this drug wasn't built for us, cuz. Got cops on the block just searching for an N-word. With guns locked and loaded, pace can't wait to pull the trigger. 
If they armed, I got to arm myself, mess with thugs, put some drugs as a source of wealth, right? So when we think about these things, like we're, we're, we're trained in certain spaces and it's like, I'm going to do this. I can change my ambitions. I can still hustle and flow. I can do something different. But then what's the cost of that? People going to call me corny. People going to say I'm a sellout. People going to say I'm lame. People going to say I'm not making it happen. Am I allowed back on my block even though I was born there? Then you talk about other stuff too. It's like, all right, F it. Because I'm doing all these things. I'm literally sleeping in my bed and I get killed for sleeping in my bed. I'm eating ice cream in my apartment and I get killed. So all these things that I'm doing, right? All these things I'm doing, I'm still taught by the teachers that this is what I should not be doing. And then it's like, oh yeah, you're going about it the wrong way. What's the right way? All the folks who say it's the wrong way, they never give a right way. And I'm not talking about black folk because we could argue back and forth. I'm talking about those folks who are not in the culture, who always want to scold, yet they don't scold themselves. They don't wake up and look in the mirror and say, you're a bad person. And a lot of them are because they have to actually wrestle with that and think about that and think about their privilege. But we get to the whole point when we start talking about the cycle of oppression. You got the fear of difference. You got prejudice. You got stereotype. You got discrimination. You got institutional oppression. Then you got internalized oppression. And that's the piece that a lot of us are in right now. It's so much internalized oppression because of things we've consumed. That diet we have, KG, right? The, the learning that we've gotten, that's emotional, Malk. And it's like, okay, what do we do? We've seen our martyrs, our folks who stood up, literally been sat down, or should I say shot down. So it's like, what do we do? Because we're learning, but mm-hmm. we have to talk about who are our teachers and what curriculum are they giving us and why? How we replace that whole system? That's the question. Absolutely. And I definitely love that question. And I guess it's time to get into our our next topic because it definitely does transition because essentially we're seeing the result of the emotions. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of like when you see a, a couple arguing and you can see that one one of the people in the relationship is baiting the other into reacting because they're pushing pushing a hot button. I remember when we were all in high school and probably right before then, if anyone of a different race called us the N-word, instant trigger. And they knew that. And you can actually see that they went out of their way to call us that just so we would react so they can, for to use, uh, to use Malcolm's words, and uh, Malcolm, I guess the Malcolm that you're named after, you know, Malcolm X, he was saying that, of course, they're going to commit the, they're going to be the, uh, the attackers, but then also play the victim, and then we're going to go to jail. So how how do you, how did you guys feel when you saw the riots, or let's say the the peaceful protests, and then there were some people from let's say outside of the community causing the riots? I mean, you had some instances where bricks were just laid out. So it's just like, here guys, why don't you just use the bricks to break into this to this window? And most of us were peacefully protesting, right? It was just other people who may not have been black, definitely not from that area, doing all the the rioting and looting and being and essentially disturbing the peace. All right, so anybody gonna speak on the riots? Uh, I'm a I'm gonna speak on the experience that many of us may be having and add on to some things that Mix just said. So, um general perspective 
not the protests, the rioting part. It's like, I'm mad, so I'm going to throw a tantrum from my perspective. I'm not that educated. Like, I don't really be knowing what's going on. Like, last year, a year and a half ago, I had Kendall and KP. They was at my house. This is when we were first, like, shifting how we think. I had already did it. I sat them down, made them pull up Instagram, had them unfollow everything that don't add value. Unfollow all the news, all of the, the women who ain't played no role, all of the show, everything that just wasn't, that wasn't diesel fuel, wasn't rocket fuel, you feel me? We're not trying to be civics, so you got to be careful what you put, what you put in there, right? So, like, a lot of news and stuff, I don't even have, I don't even know, because I don't watch the news. I barely watch TV anymore. I kind of, I'm in, like, my own zone. Like, I tell, tell my girl all the time, yeah, I forget about the Rona, like, until I go outside and see somebody with a mask, because, like, I'm an introvert. I be in the crib, and, like, I just treat this, like, as a teacher, I'm off. Like, this all I did last year, building again, I was in the crib every day, working, and I don't, I don't nothing is telling me what's going on like you got to kind of seek the information go on instagram depending on what you follow going to tv I don't, I don't follow that much but i do know when people lash out uh it's the emotions so emotions are your energy in motion right it's your energy in motion um and one of y'all mentioned relationships so our relationship with society and different cultures is tarnished and the relationship in our words is passion duties and responsibilities where you must overcome inner turmoil and expectations to maintain that passion to continue to fulfill the duties and responsibilities so let me go through it again and we'll make it tangible uh and appropriate so uh a relationship partner a partner b right so when you first meet there's there's the passion and however you look at it a boy and a girl like or a, a player in a team like oh, i love this team or i love this girl i love this dude like i'm gonna show up to practice on time and make sure we're, i'm at all the dates on time this is what we start to do right you're in that passionate phase where the true person isn't really there yet like everybody everything just so happy and all that but then through time you start to see how the team really is you start to see how the other person really is right and then you start to get duties and responsibilities. Yo, so I'm the neat one, right? So my duty is to stay neat and my responsibility is to clean and set the schedule or something. Or I'm the calm one. So my ability is to keep my partner cool and use the coping skills when it's the time. You feel me? Or I'm the teacher, you're the student. So my duty to my responsibility is to do math, first period, reading second period, whatever, right? Duties and responsibilities. Then the, the inner turmoil. You can't be in a happy couple, in a happy relationship, if you're not a happy person. You can have the best girl in the world, the best husband in the world, the best XYZ partner in the world. But if you're not happy, it won't be a happy relationship, right? And then the expectations. You know, we've all been through it where our partner expected us to do this, but we did that. Whether it was malicious or not, but there was a problem because the expectations were not met or vice versa. Or we have this expectation that the government, society, whoever is in charge is supposed to help us in this regard, but they're not. So that damages our relationship, right? But once you realize that everybody's different, everybody's gonna do their own thing, you guard your energy. And when you a dog, you don't care what people say. You feel me? Cause you got a dope relationship with you and your goals. You only put people around you who add value so we can overcome the inner turmoil together. 
Y'all can overcome those expectations together, right? So my view of it is you got some players who are weak, who will let the, that one fan in the crowd who's going off, Spike Lee with all the privilege, or the one dude, super rich, whatever. You feel me? And that gets some players mad. Westbrook. Westbrook might come see you. Ron Artest might come see you. Then you got those dudes who are so mentally locked in. Kobe, when Kobe was sitting on the scores table and Chris Rock was doing all that rapping and they slowly zoomed out and Kobe just, it don't matter. Because he put in the work to be in the position to know that this is me and my goal and this is just a distraction. You feel me? So once again, that's not a normal mentality. Like Kobe was Kobe. You feel me? But once again, it ties back to the dog. I know it's not fair. I know people going to talk. You feel me? And especially if you black from the hood, people talking shouldn't mean nothing. You won't you won't make it past the sixth grade if you can't deal with people talking. You, you really won't. <laughs> you feel me? So that doesn't mean those things are wrong and those kind of things. But well, yeah, what can I be responsible for? And I noticed that like, people that, that win in all different regards, they have an obsession with the goal and they don't let other things stop them. And people that win big, they're usually, everybody's talking about them before. They're crazy. That's why the people dominate the stock market. When everybody's selling, they buying. Why is he buying? Then five five years later, he came out with a trillion dollars. Or like, yo, who sold Facebook? The, the first dude at Facebook who sold his shares super early, I think. Like, he ain't see it. They made fun of Jeff, Jeff Bezos and the Amazon in the garage. Now he's about to get a trillion. You feel me? So... Like it don't matter what people say, and if you care about what people say, that means you're not at peace. That means you got something that you need to accept. Maybe you're thinking that what they say about you is true. You feel me? Like my story, I saw ET and them. I got stopped at the football game because security did not. They swore up and down that I was not a teacher because I ain't looked like a teacher. Like they stopped me, had the feds there, and all, at my own school. Wow. The principal had to come and let me in. But I didn't feel no way because I know I'm, I know I'm not the regular teacher. Like, look at my arms. You feel me? Like, I'm we we, blast, we blasting the music. Like, real informal. The kids sit on the desk. All these different kind of things. It's not like the typical structure. You feel me? They call me Malcolm. They don't call me Mr. They don't call me Mr. Evans. Call my name Malcolm. You know, a lot of things are are very very different. I'm like, I, so I get it. Like, yo, you don't really see too many teachers like me. I'm not the best and all that kind of stuff. But I'm unique. Right, but I could easily take, oh, it's because I'm black and because I look like you. I ain't take it like that. I gave her a new experience. Like, dang, yo, maybe dudes like this can be a teacher. Maybe you don't got to be suited and booted like you work in a Fortune 500 company and not a school. You feel me? So um, I, I can't remember why I'm really talking about that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, but it, it didn't bother me because I know who I am. I, I, I know I'm at peace. Like, I know I put the work into being considered an educator and I know my results. You just weren't exposed to it. You feel me? You got your own things going on inside to where you judge me. So what other people say do bother you, you got to find a way to find peace, which means you probably got some inner turmoil or some expectations to address, which is fine. To leave them there and don't address them is not fine, which a lot of us do. We continue to mask it. Like, so much of the looting, like, this is material things. Like, they stealing cars and purses and hitting all the, the, the fashion lines and all that. And I don't know anybody's motive. I haven't spoken to anybody, but I've noticed that, yo, Clearly, there's a love for material things because a lot of people are using this as an opportunity to come up. Absolutely. To go get some things that they may have wanted or maybe they see opportunity or whatever. You feel me? So I'll, I'll stop there. But if, if you have. To I, yeah. People say. Yeah. So um, to bring it back a little bit to a, a, um, a little bit of the, you know, the riots and the protests, um, 
you know, obviously Malcolm said people are emotional right now. And I, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, it doesn't help that we've been pent up for a while um, inside. So, you know, I understand, what, uh, you know, people are angry, but just like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. It's so many different narratives about looting. Um, so it's kind of hard to, to see, but I do know people are out there on the BS and in this diluting the people who are um, actually trying to come together with unity, um, with peace, with purpose, right? That's diluting that. Whether or not that's um, other people coming in intentionally or us people, uh, like just people are just being greedy and, and opportunities, um, you know, that's that. But I'm all for the, you know, I, I, I'm happy that people are, are, are protesting and, and speaking out um, because, you know, it, it's sickening. Like, it's sickening. Um, you know, we black men, we already got enough stress on our hands and, and, and um, to, to kind of always have to tightrope and, and walk this line. Like, yo, like, am I being too black? Like, yo, what's good? Like. And it, it, it's scary at times, but I, 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 I'm happy that people are protesting and, and, and speaking their voice and, and um, using their platforms, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you're a famous person or it doesn't matter if you got the night shift at, uh, at Giant. If you can use your, your, perp- your, your, your voice in a positive way and, and, and come with that purpose that you know, we're coming together with this purpose of stopping this injustice and, and, and stopping this police brutality uh, and just and all the bull stuff, that, that bullshit. I'm sorry. I don't know if y'all curse on anything, but all the bull crap um, that, that that's be, we've been dealing with as as a, a black community for years, you know. But at the same time, you know, the people who are just using this time to come up and try to you know, I, I saw a video today where somebody was uh, they had a car and was just like hitting donuts. Like now you just try and become Instagram famous. Like yeah, you know cloud what I mean? so now you are actually doing what the, the last thing we should be doing because now we're feeding into the narrative that they want to hear. Right. And then it, it can kind of give them, see, you know, look, look what they're doing. Right. So I get people are angry. But just because you're angry, that doesn't give you the, uh, you know, I, I don't want to encourage people that just because you're angry, you can go do what the hell you want to do. Because there's been plenty of times that I was angry and, you know, I chose not to. I'm sure it's plenty of time that we all have been angry or people that um, that are watching in right now that have been angry. But we shown that self-control that, you know, that is going to get better. And think about it. When... I'm in class. If you getting roasted or anything, or somebody is just annoying the hell out of you, and you're a and, and you ignore it, and they're right here, who's actually getting more angry? The person that you, that isn't getting the response. They're so angry. that's some of the things I talk to my students now. Like yo, like somebody trying to roast you or somebody, they're only doing this because you given that that nasty aggressive response that they want. Now it's just like, ooh, I got you where I want. Poop, poop, poop. So now it's just like, oh, you falling for the trap. So when you when you remain, you know, down to who you are, like, bro, like I'm here to show I'm tired of this. What's happening? 
right? I'm gonna come together with all these people and we and we tired of that's proper, right? But the coming up just for the, you know for the reason to to come up. Uh, I don't I don't know. So <clears throat> I re I respect all that has been said. Um, I want to push a little further. I want to dig a little deeper. Go ahead. And I want to take this opportunity to change the narrative. Mm -hmm. So what I what I often wrestle with is the 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 tension between the what and the why, mm -hmm. right? The what is what you're seeing. The why is often not talked about, right? We start the conversation talking about violence. We start the conversation talking about um, looting when citizens, civilians do it. But when those who are authority figures, police, oh, government cool. officials, et cetera, the conversation and narrative never starts there, right? right? Yeah. And, and in fact, those folks where the conversation should start with are the ones who are usually starting a conversation and saying that these folks are doing X, Y, and Z. That's one. Two, I often also wrestle with, and I shared this in many other spaces, particularly as a professional, um, showing up in an educational space where I'm responsible for a lot of people who look like me, as well as responsible for being that one person that white folks might not get a chance to see because they don't live around people who look like me. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's a, a burden, that's something that I carry and I carry it with pride. That Just being said, I often, I often deal with the tension between responsibility or what's responsible versus what's rational. Mm. And I think a lot of the things that we're seeing is rational. Is it necessarily responsible? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. However, I think it's a few things that without getting too deep into politics, because there's a lot of things going on I see See my man over here. He said the New York City looting on Mark on Mark hits. Listen, yeah. there's a lot of people who are co-opting this moment, co-opting this this moment because they're trying to silence and stifle a movement. Mm -hmm. Like this is something that's different because folks not going back to work tomorrow because they don't have jobs anymore. True. Or they quarantine at home. You know, it's not like one of those just and it's over and done with. Mm -hmm. Back to business as usual because it's no longer business as usual. So this is something that folks are afraid of. So there's a lot of things that, that are even deeper than that. But this is what I would say in terms of changing the narrative. How about we no longer call them riots? Let's call them rebellions. How about we no longer call it looting? Let's call it self-advocated reparations. <laughs> we take an issue. Right? <laughs> hey, I, I that joke just made me laugh. Like, like, let's flip it real quick because real rap is like these white folk have been coming up in America since the original sin of slavery. Mm. That's the biggest come up. Then you want to talk about tax write-offs and all these fake, you know, nonprofits and moving money offshores. Like there's, but that's the legal game. So we got to be, we, we're hip to the game and I'm all good with a come up, but we have to be responsible in certain spaces. Additionally though, I'll offer this, you know, MLK talked about where do we go from here? Chaos or community? I say both. I'm about that both and life, right? I'm Harriet Tubman and Nat Turner. I want that freedom, and I might have to cut your head off to get it. <laughs> you feel me? Or maybe someone else has to while I'm leading people out the way. So what I'm, I'm saying is, is that we have to make sure that we are not being so rigid. Particularly, we have to think about what are the rules that are placed in front of us and who set them there? Why are those rules in place? So let's think about that rebellion. Let's think about what we're taking back, how we're reclaiming things. The issue I have is when we start to destroy communities that we built ourselves. 
The issue I have is when we start to loot and mess up stores, and it's not just us because it's other people who are actually co-opting the movement, we need to be a little bit more smart and diligent and think about those things, right? In the sense of, okay, what is it that we're going to do to make sure that if we are going to protest, if we are going to get those self-advocated reparations because they don't want to give it to us ourselves, from um, themselves, make sure we're hitting the right spots, right? Let's make sure we're actually doing things that are going to make a difference, make a change. Because some of these folks, they, they, they want you to ruin their stuff because guess what? Now they can write it off and they can get their insurance because guess what? COVID-19 doesn't change the whole game for them. Mm -hmm. Now they're getting their money back. Now they can actually do some payroll on top of the PPP loan that they're going to get. So let's like, let's really be hip to the game and see the levels that we have, mm -hmm. but realize that we, it's just like the drug game. And I always bring it back to that. I took a class in, in college, drugs and drugs and gangs and being from Harlem, New York and understand that life. Like I understand there's always people who need to be on the streets. We need foot soldiers, but we also need lieutenants. We need folks who can't lose their job because they need the fund and finance to struggle. But we also need them dogs, Mount, who are out there in the streets doing X, Y, and Z because they about that life. And they can be about that life because I might finance that life. So we can think about all these things, right? So I, I just think I want us to really think about what are we going to do in this moment? Like I was telling a colleague, all bets are off. All bets are off. If you want me to show up to work, I'm showing up however I show up. And you better accept that. Or don't ask me to show up. Like, I'm tired of asking for things. I'm tired of playing by somebody else's rules. Because I guess, like, I mean, again, like, these rules were never meant for us. Mm -hmm. So I think there are some times, if you think about the history of the world, if you think about what we've seen, you've got to break rules, break laws, particularly those that weren't designed for you in order for you to change things. And I just want us to be responsible enough, strategic enough, to make sure that this is not just a moment, it turns into a movement and we're not hurting our own communities further than what they've already been hurt, right? How do we make sure that we strengthen our communities and still make sure that we raise some hell because sometimes that's the only way we get people's attention. Honestly, if COVID didn't happen, if we're not in this moment right now, people are not checking for these riots or rebellions, right? People are not checking for them because they got business as usual. Oh, wow, hashtag, and they're back at work the next day behind their desk in their cubicle. Or they slap a five to the job talking about stuff in the water. Oh, it's so sad, but it didn't happen to me and it won't happen to me. So I, I think we need to make noise and sometimes noise isn't righteous in certain spaces to certain people, um, but we do have to be smarter. And we do have to make sure that our anger is targeted in different directions because that's the only way we, we can occupy different spaces and terrain in order for us to actually bring about real change. Yeah, see, uh, and I, I'm gonna respond real quick. I'm, I'm with you, and like that's automatically where I go. So like, but I go like, yeah, we don't need to make noise. We need to make music. You feel me? Like I think collectively, what we lacked with the rebellions, the protests, and such, is discipline, right? And that's not an easy thing because I don't know who the leader is. The leaders are. I'm not sure if the potential leaders are willing to die for the cause, like the leaders from the past were, due to whatever personal reasons that they may have, family business, just them, or whatever the case may be, right? So it's, but I say, number one, educate yourself. People say that I've seen on social media, oh, white people are alluding to X, Y, Z. So I, I did some research from before, like there's an organization called Antifa. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this was them, or I don't know if it is them, was them, or not. All right, so there's another organization, Antifa, 
they come out to wreak havoc doing the protest rebellions and such to make them so bad that they bring in enough resources to shut them down right okay so then to make it into like sports we only giving up two yards a game in the run game the d tackles is cooking the dns is cooking and the linebackers cooking but we giving up 500 yards a game passing let's make it so clear that it's not the d line and it's not the linebackers out here causing this mess it's the dbs getting cooked so this is a big mission, but when we're out there, if we collectively were all disciplined, it would be so easy to see, like, yo, that's not us. That's that's whoever else is doing that. Like, we all out here lined up on some Malcolm X stuff. Uh, I saw in, in our group chat earlier, like, a group of everybody isn't this, but, like, I think they were Hebrew Israelites, like, all on the street lined up. Like, yeah. Just, like, the amount of discipline, right? And when we talk about dogs, like, a lot of people automatically go to, like, a wild dog. The most dangerous dogs are, like, the guard dogs, they conserve their energy. They're going to stand right next to their man, right next to their owner, their woman, who, whatever, and they won't bark. They won't move, but you know they mean business. And the one person that came through, they crushed them. It's <laughs> a lot of character, a lot of discipline, right? And I think that would lead to more. So then, like, how do we get there? Like, those things have to be taught. And I wanted to say this earlier. Mix brought up something good uh, about the drug game. So Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross, not 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 uh oh, not, not, that not Officer Ricky. <laughs> not, not that Rick Ross, but the real Rick Ross, right? So K through twelve, he was an IA student. An amazing kid, but he wasn't that smart. Right? Couldn't even read. And he was alright at tennis. He was pretty solid at tennis, right? So he went through uh K elementary middle school, got to high school and started cooking in tennis, right? But he was never that smart on the books academically and he just got pushed through so he thought he was going to make it to school by getting a tennis scholarship right so he was good enough athletically but his grades were not good enough so he wasn't on the books smart enough according to the paperwork to get into college so then he just started hanging out in the hood at the gym and he started seeing these dudes with all these chains and the nice cars back then with all this money and they came up to him like, yo, Rick, you want to learn how to get some money? Take a ride with me. He's like, all right, cool. Took a ride. They showed him all the girls, all the life and all that. And he was hooked. So he got into the drug game. And as we all know, he took over. He's like one of the biggest drug dealers ever. Right? Keep in mind, he couldn't even read. He couldn't even read. Right? Making probably billions of dollars. Lord knows how much he really made. Then one day somebody snitched on him. He got caught. He went to prison, got out, then went to prison the second time for the long bid. And when he got to prison, he learned how to read. It only took him two weeks to learn how to read. He was like, yo, I never knew how to read, but I was such a good kid. I just got, got lost, lost in the system. And my teachers pushed me through because I was a good kid. But if somebody just would have went extra outside of that for two weeks, I could have learned how to read. I made billions of dollars without even learning how to read, doing something bad. I would have went to college and played tennis. I could have ended up like this, but I would have had so much more opportunity to use this intellect to do good. Right. But he was never taught how to use what he has. Right. So this kind of perspective, I think that we all talk about. I think we miss that collectively, whether it's a little bit more radical like me or a little bit more culture like other people. We miss it collectively because we lack the knowledge on how we should carry ourselves through those events. And just said something pretty dope uh, last week. He says, oh, I think we're doing OK now because we learn how to learn. So many people don't learn how to learn. Like when I last year when I started committing my life to being great, I just went back to my petty schedule. 
Like Patty, we literally did seven days a week. You know, it wasn't no weekends. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't no none of that. You feel me? Um, so I just say like it's important because we can get a Rick Ross how it ended up, or and that was just undisciplined. He probably would have been the same dude, but he would have made better choices, better character X Y Z. And um, I know we mentioned education. I'm a big believer like your education is at home, and I believe like yo, we don't raise our kids. Society does. We just teach our kids how to make decisions when we're not fair. You feel me? Like a little kid with good character, you, yo, I don't got to meet your parents. I know you got it together. But the other kids are crazy. Like, yo, whoever raised you might might have missed some things or probably not. You just lost. You feel me? So I think how we start teaching at home, whether it's about history, character, communication, discipline, X, Y, Z, so we can be that disciplined dog as opposed to the wild dog. You know what I, mean? I feel that. I really do. And I'm with you 100%. My only question that I throw at you is what happens when we do all that stuff in a football game and the DBs, are the, they're exposed, right? But we're still going to lose the game because the referees are effing crooked. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 all right, correct. So you feel me? So, because so I've, seen, I've seen folks out there like militant, like really about that life. They look like they Janet Jackson out there in the video, right? <laughs> really hitting the mark, like on it. Right. And then all of a sudden you got some folks who might be government officials who might be connected with government officials. or Maybe it's even cops. Cops who actually started this to begin with are going to finish it, too, because they actually breaking windows, etc. Blah, blah, blah. So all I'm saying is, like, I've seen in Philadelphia, I've seen in Minneapolis, like and of course, I'm not on the ground. So I can only see what I see in the media and, and listen to some reputable sources. Exactly. So it's like I'm saying, how do how do we push the game over time? How do we make sure that we, like, sometimes you might have to accidentally, like, call a play, throw it to the sideline, and accidentally run a ref over. You feel me? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So it's like, we need to be strategic with those spaces because some of these refs, they, they cooking the game, baby. We might be showing that these folks are exposed, but these refs in here heavy. But when does it get to the point, I don't know if it's a fair question, when does it get to the point that the refs don't matter? When you cooking them. When they stop getting licensed to kill us. When they stop getting free license and not like so, so my thing is if I take it to a referee commission board and I'm like, yo, y'all clearly was really, really cooking that game. And they're like, you know what? You're right. They cook that game, y'all get that game back, y'all get that in the win column. Until that happens, that's when it doesn't matter. Because again, it's like they shouldn't matter, but it does matter because there's 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 the reality of the situation. And there's there's certain things that we have to understand. Now we have to be smarter and strategic and realize. I'll put it to you this way. People always ask, why do you make everything about race? That's, that's a question that sometimes comes up. My response is, everything is about race, particularly in the United States of America. However, however, it's not only about race. See, because you have conscious and unconscious bias. You have implicit, explicit bias, right? Race is always a factor. It's always somewhere in between, one way, shape, or form. The reason why you can see who's protesting correctly and who's not protesting correctly, because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And then even these folks who are vigilantes and the folks who are actually being, those folks who are like co-opting the movement, they're dressed in all black. Ain't that something? So when we talk about all these things, it's like, it's always about color. Weaponized whiteness, Amy Cooper in Central Park, I'm going to call and say there's an African-American black male and he's threatening me. Race. Like, race is king. Right next to money, but race is very, very powerful, particularly in the United States of America. And we go internationally, it's, it's colorism. So 
I think there's certain things that we, we, if we know the zebra is crooked, we need to understand how zebras move and move around zebras. If you know you don't want to get called for that penalty because that DB is like really cooking you, you're going to wait till the referee looking the other way. You might do a little something. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just saying, how do we make sure we understand we're working within the stuff that we've, we've been given? The same way we turn those scraps from slavery into soul food, the same way we're trying to like move our product a little bit more, taking the cocaine and water it down the crack. Like, mm-hmm. how do we, how do we finesse the game right now, realizing what's against us? And it's not just one answer. Like I said, I said I don't really like cats to begin with, but there's many many ways to skin a cat, and it's like we shouldn't be arguing about what's the way because there's not one single way. There mm-hmm. are multiple ways, and we need to work together as opposed to working against each other. We all need to be on the same highway. But fam, if you're not driving in this fast lane, it's cool if you're on the right side. But we still on the same highway, going the same direction. So how do we organize and do that? That's that's a, that's a sensational question, and I think. Um, I think uh, that's the reason why we are where we are right now, um, because we've tried a lot of things uh, and, you know, we were shot down. Um, and the biggest thing for real, for real, is the unity between the people that are coming. Just like you said, we may just be you may be into movement and you going to 90. Right. You going you going your own speed, but you're still going the direction of, you know, the betterment. Somebody over here could be going 45. But I'm still going. But it, it, we're all making progress. Right. I don't know what's going. I don't know what's the, what's the way. I don't know what it is. But all the movements that have been successful in the past have been come with strategic plans with leaders who are dominant in the followers who believe in their message or their way so big, it's undeniable. And obviously it could be many ways that that can happen, um, you know, but it is strength in numbers. That's all, that's all it is. It, it, it's, um, I don't want to say that's all it is, but um, that's, as you, it, it's strength in numbers. And, and when we come together, you know, obviously it, uh, it's easier to um, come up with a solution with four of us in here rather than uh, if we had a problem versus, okay, each of y'all have one problem and y'all do it separately, come together. It's going to be a little tougher, right? But I don't, just like you said, like, I, I, I don't know and we don't know. That's the biggest issue so far right now, which is why everyone's doing so many different things because um, one way is right to somebody else. The other way is right to somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. It, it actually reminds me of the first Creative Gourd episode. We actually did the, a review about the Black Panther movie. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like both of our alternate endings was T'Challa and Killmonger working together because you need that versatility. Mm-hmm. You need that anger and that passion in one way, like a Malcolm. And you also need, like a let's say, a more... Uh, Someone who can, let's say, speak the king's English, for lack of better words, if that if that metaphor makes sense, to be able to yeah. move in different in different fields. Like we we need we need that versatility because I feel like, and this segues until until our final topic: How do we create black wealth in America? You have to be able to leverage what we have, leverage our ability, leverage our culture, and our ability to be, let's say, the most let's say, uh, exploited IP in history. I feel like everywhere around the world, black culture is copied. So that has immense value in addition to our 
economic impact, I mean, us alone is $4 trillion. So imagine $4 trillion in the black community every single year. This changes, it is, it's a total paradigm shift like you guys were saying. So I, I'll say this, all, all three of y'all just said it. Once again, game seven, I'm, I'm taking it from, from our book, right? Our workbook. So a team, like a team, like a team, like what's a team? Everybody work together, right? So a team is a small number of people with complementary skills who are committed to a common purpose, set of performance goals and approach for which they hold themselves mutually accountable. Complementary skills. So one person is a, a big man, one person is a guard. Like I shoot the threes, you get the dunks, right? Different kind of skills, right? They have the same purpose, right? The same collective goals, and they hold each other accountable, right? As a team. All right, but then we gotta have different people. Diversity. The best teams are diverse because diversity allows for one's weakness to be supplemented with another's strength. Diversity is an art. It's the art of getting together. So how come we're not diverse? It's a fear of conflicts. Oh man, like it's four black dudes on the, on the team right now, but there's a white dude who could take us to the next level. Uh, but I don't know no white people, right? You you scared of what it could be? Well, nothing even happened, and nothing may not ever happen. He may be the dude to take the team to the next level, right? Um, an insufficient personal network. Mm. We a lot, especially in our communities, we get stuck in our communities. I got so many kids that I taught we took on field trips. In the city, DC is not that big. Oh, this is here, bro. You live seven blocks down the street. <laughs> I'm not right, and so let alone get out of the state, get out of the world, so so that exposure. Uh, and the next one, unwilling to deal with the prejudice. Dang, what if I do this? They're gonna look at me a little bit differently. Or what if I'm from the hood and I go to Heightstown or I go to uh, Woodbury? Like it's gonna be a little bit different. But we arrogant. I don't need you on my team. I'll figure it out. Right. Or you don't want to be inclusive, right? So I, I know that's a lot, but it's like everything y'all just said. You got to have a team. You got to be diverse. You feel me? And appreciate different people. Like I, We all just watched the MJ documentary. They brought Rodman to the squad, changed the game. But he was different. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> Phil ain't care what the media was going to say. I gave him two days off, bro. And he came back and got 30 rebounds. He ain't need to practice. You feel me? Or uh, whoever was the first to start the, the um, what's it called when they take the games off? Uh, load management, load management, yeah, load management. Like, oh, you're supposed to play every game. Hey, man, he play every game in the shit. <laughs> yeah, we got, we, we got to get to. But I think how we can do it to answer your question is, well, you got to build your team. And the part that we don't want to admit, it's a lot of the corny things that are kind of uh, uh, shunned upon in our community that we don't do. Like I tell my kids all the time, I say, yeah, all the nerd dudes I knew from high school, they cooking now. All the girls want them. All the cool dudes that was cool in high school, nobody want them. But it was cool for the wrong reasons. All the girls people wanted in high school, it may not be them now. It may or may not be. You feel me? Like, you got to put the work in and do the things differently now so that you can be sweet later. You feel me? So build your team. Like, it's dope how we could just all, and I can see like y'all team, like, still kind of like the moderator, Mitch kind of in the mix. <laughs> with us, I, would, I would never be the person I put in front of people unless I'm teaching and speaking. The people, people are definitely going to be KG and just way before me. If it comes to making a system or teaching, I'm way before them. 
You feel me? But I know, like, yo, this people time, I'm, I'm recording the cut. That's not my thing. That don't mean I can't do it, but I have somebody's better. You feel me? As good as KD can shoot, if it's wide open, probably give it to Steph first. Even though he's a 99, he's a 100. You feel yeah. me? So being willing to accept that role and learn and being able to, to let go. So I think the answer is building teams and putting all of our skills together. You feel me? Like a mixed example, the refs, yo, some of y'all go to ref school. From this perspective is, yo, the rest is unfair. I'm going to build me some rest. I'm going to get in the game, and I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. My perspective is, yo, Mix, while you go with the refs, I'm going to stay with the team. We're going to be ready. I don't care what the refs do. We're going to be ready for anything. And then KG might have the new recruits. Like, yo, are you interested in, like, yo, just getting to it, or do you want to be in the more political side? So go to Mix University over there. Where are going to teach you that? Oh, you want to go over there? Oh, you want to learn about technical stuff? You want to broadcast the game? Yo, go to Silk. You feel me? You want alumni? So all, it's all the same mission. And even if we got different perspectives, we put it all together. You know what I mean? But I think that we struggle with making those teams because of the relationships. So much of the inner turmoil and expectations that we can't get over. How do we do that? I'm not sure. That's not for each individual. But as a collective, I don't, I don't know the answers. Hmm. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I'm, a few things. First of all, that's a word, Mal. Um I got a lot of things to share. I would say, first and foremost, your mama ever tell you, do as I say, not as I do? You ever hear that before? Of course. I think as black people, we need to do as white people do, not what they say. Mm. Because they say a lot of stuff to us. But what they do, that's the real secret. What they do, how they finesse the system how they navigate certain things, how they do X, Y, and Z, and these yet to be United States of America, right? Mm-hmm. We need to watch that, peep that. I wonder what their games have look like, Mount. <laughs> I wonder what their workbook look like, Mount. You feel me? You know what I mean, KG? I wonder what that looked like. But in terms of wealth, I think we have to think about what wealth looks like. And sometimes it's defining what wealth is. Some people think wealth is money. Sometimes we have to get out of that. Like Bob Marley said, you think material things make you rich, right? It's, it's, like, what do you, what is wealth? What is wealth? And what we need to get away from is that, you know, exactly, teamwork makes the dream work. There's some folks who be like, there's no I in team, but then you got that one dude who's like, but there's a <laughs> in the E, there's a in the E, come through me. So what do we do? That means that we have to understand this. One, in order to be a part of the team, you have to set aside ego. You can still have pride within yourself, but that should not overtake the whole function and purpose of the team, mm-hmm. right? It has to be a mentality that, we talked about this before, Josh, Ubuntu philosophy. I am because we are, we are because I am. When I win, you win. Mm-hmm. When I lose, you lose. When I hurt, you hurt. When I have joy, you have joy. We're interconnected like that. That's the humanity piece. We need to make sure that we are doing that 100% and living it out in a daily life. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your life look like. I don't care if you had two parents, one parent, no parent. I don't care. My thing is at the end of the day, we're a team. So how do I put my ego aside? How do I step back and let it, in order for you to let yourself step forward? How do I make sure I allow you to shine your light and not feel threatened if my light gets dimmed? How do I actually make sure that your talent in this area is stronger than my talent and I'm okay with that? So we have to set, a, we have to set aside pride. And there's a lot of things within our culture that we've been taught. It's like, nah, nah, you're not gonna out me because we're competitive people. You're not gonna disrespect me. You're not gonna disrespect <laughs> me. Well, oh, fam, you you got a new jersey? You trying to get jiggy? 
I'm coming oh, back tomorrow. I'm going to steal my mama's credit card and make sure I look fly to you. <laughs> At what cost, bro? At what cost? You feel me? So when we think about what we need to do is one, look in the mirror, tell the person you see in the mirror, I love you. If you can't tell yourself that, honestly, like Malk said, find that peace. You're not at peace. Figure that out. Because if you can't love yourself, you can't love others. If you don't love yourself, you don't love others. So start there. Then once you have that self-actualization and realization and self-love, you can give that to other people. You won't feel threatened by your brother. You know what I mean? You're all working on the same team. I should not see Malcolm as a threat. I should not see KG as a threat. I should not see Josh as a threat, period. And mm-hmm. talk about the internalized oppression piece. I shouldn't see myself as a threat mm. unless we get in some trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> but other than that, all I'm saying is at the end of the day, when we're building a team, we all have a role to play. If we want to take it to, to my faith biblically, you know, there's many parts of the body. We all have gifts and talents. So be cool with that. It's hype. Like we play basketball. Listen, I might just be good for rebounds, baby. <laughs> but you're going to so you, shoot be that ball. I'm gonna be that best. I'm gonna be that best rebounder ever. Superstar Please believe it. Own. And I'm gonna take pride in it too. And that doesn't mean I'm less than. That doesn't mean I'm I'm small in the team. That's the issue. Everybody wanted. Everybody wanted to be Beyonce when I sure. I'm checking for Kelly Rowland. You know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is. We need to make sure that we're building teams that are affirming, that are uplifting, that make sure that we are all working together towards that synergy that Mop talked about. And what I see with Game 7, the stuff that y'all do, brother, like I'm, I'm telling y'all right now, I was talking to my school trying to get folks to you know, get y'all over there, and we're still going to try to make that happen at some point. Because, again, seeing positive black men in particular as it pertains to education, and I'm, I'm just going to leave it there because I'm not going to get myself in trouble. But seeing positive <laughs> black men who look like y'all, who are like y'all, et cetera, right? Seeing positive black men work together, not at each other's throats, but actually bringing peace and positivity and prosperity, that's important. And the more and more we do this, the more and more we can show folks that, guess what? We could be a part of a team and still challenge each other. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Draymond could have challenged KD without calling him a B. He could have been a fam, yo, like, what you doing, man? Like, like, there's other ways to critique and there's other ways not to get too emotional, but to understand that I'm holding you accountable and I'm asking you to do better because I love you. Mm-hmm. And that L word, we don't like to throw around for a number of different reasons. And I'm not gonna paternalize and get into why, but what I wanna say is that love, putting ego aside, being prideful, but not having hubris that destroys the team, and making sure that we're actually really exhibiting that Ubuntu, I am because we are, we are because I am. If you fail, I fail. If you win, I win. And it's no longer an I and team, and we don't even care about that M and the E. Mm-hmm. You know, and a big part of that is feedback versus criticism. Mm. Um, a lot of people, and that's something we talk about in Game 7. We got a whole lesson on YouTube. Go check that out, by the way. Um, Game 7, <laughs> you'll know, you uh, subscribe. But now, nah, um, you know, coming from a sports background, um, I've been in many uh, film sessions, right, and or anything where if you're in school, right, you get your you get your work, and then you get you get comments on it. You watching film, you get comments on it, right. So if you're looking at feedback, feedback is a way that you're going to get better, take new leaps, take new bounds of perfecting uh, and and trying to reach your craft at a high level. Criticism is when you're gonna when you take that same information. And take that as a, as a as a personal threat, like it's an attack. 
right? And that means to to you, like, yo, how can you get any better if you if you know it all? You can't get any better if if you know it all. If you just every time somebody says something, you got to fire something back, right? And I also want to go back to what you was talking about being wrong, being a role. Um, the key to making great teams work is everyone has to be a superstar in a role, man. Like, mm. I, I, when I first got in the league, I was on practice squad, right? But I was always, um, I was always encouraging. Somebody came, even the guys that I was in competition to be playing with, like, I, cause somebody comes to say, yo, this is what it is. Because I knew right that time, at that moment, that's what I needed to do to put the situation, was I upset that I wasn't getting on the field and I wasn't on the active roster where I was getting more bread? Hell yeah. Like, of course I was, right? But I, I knew at that moment I needed to be the guy I needed to be, the incur- the energy guy. It got to a point, I, I, I was on practice squad, but I still traveled with the team because I was so turned, like on the sideline, like they made me do special teams cards. Like, for real. Like, I got in my coach's trust because I'm like, yo, special team, I'm alerting because, yo, I wanted to be a part of what was going on so bad that even if I couldn't step on the field, I had something to, to do with that because that was my role in the team, right? I, what, I, I was pissed. I was calling Malcolm. I was calling people like, yo, bro, like, they got this dude, bro, like, I should be playing. Like, I feel like I really should be playing, Right. <laughs> that's real but it comes to a point where every, you know every everybody can't be that guy you know just like you said earlier we gotta have foot shoulders we gotta have lieutenants um so being mastering your role and and um doing it with with energy and 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 passion you know who knows yeah absolutely and i feel like everyone articulated here perfectly it's just it's a collective effort and we we posed the question earlier terms of leadership and we all have to look within to find that leadership and then knowing when to put our egos aside put the pride aside and then become part of a team so like uh mac was saying earlier it all starts internally and how mix was saying it all starts internally as kg was saying you got to look yourself in the mirror and you just have to just go for it, for for lack of better words, and do whatever it takes to get it done. Amen. But uh, yes, guys, thank you. Things that are very hard to do. Absolutely. But gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna wrap up the stream here, and hopefully, this won't be the last time you join us as well. Mm-hmm. See y'all. Yeah, we we gonna be yeah. back. Just y'all gonna have us bite. Oh, you, you know oh, you definitely gonna be back. So, <laughs> okay, 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 come on yeah. in, brother. Yeah, you right. Do it for little Saint. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, y'all, y'all keep working, man. I can already see like you can tell when somebody got it together. Like y'all mm-hmm. the brand, the consistency, all that, and keep keep moving, bro. Likewise, and it takes one to know one, you know. Word, word. I'm proud of y'all, man. Big and, time. You know, because we don't we don't go this too often. We don't do this too often. We don't do it enough. I love you, black man. Yes, sir. I am proud you, of y'all. Love man. y'all. Respect. Hey, love y'all too, man. Before I respond, and I'll keep it to y'all. I don't use that word that much. My only friends that tell me that they love me consistently are friends in prison. 
Wow. Mm, mm, How mm. about that? Look at that perspective mm. right there. Wow. Mm. What you, I, mean, I told you I love you before, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said he didn't feel it, KG. He ain't feel every it. Dang. It. <laughs> messed up, my <laughs> on TV, too? Dang, he, he doing it for the live stream? That's true. That's true. <laughs> It's not consistent. You're getting the whole pass. <laughs> All right, y'all. I appreciate y'all, man. Absolutely. Right, and by the way, are are there Game 7 t-shirts on the website as well? Big announcement. It, uh, yeah, we we got something cooking up. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Shortly. Because uh, I need me one of them t-shirts. Be open. I'm saying no. Every time Mom, I rock what this. What size hat you wear, man? That's what I'm saying. I, I, I need, I need me one. You got a size nine fitted on. Let me go look at, I, Hey, look at your feet. Right <laughs> look at your feet. Let me, what's going on up top? Oh, my God. You, you need one of these size nines, boy. Uh-oh. What are we doing? Here? Oh. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, guys, thank yeah, you well, for joining us, all right? And hey. ha- have a great day, have a great week, and stay positive, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's out. All right, now. Brother Mix. You're- so that that was a wonderful episode. That that was a lot that was of fun. Dope, bro. That was dope, bro. That was dope. You, you, you moderated the hell out of that. That was good. And, uh... We're uh we're still alive, by the way, and it looks like Ray wants to roast a little bit. Oh, he don't want that work. He don't want that he smoke. Don't want that smoke. You don't want that smoke, Rasta. Rasta Rican. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but that that was that was that was that was dope, man. That was really dope. Filled my heart, filled my spirit. I got another call. I got to go hop on with um uh, some families of color from my school, um, just to talk about what's going on. So. Um, just really, really what I needed to recharge, energize, step away from some of the stuff so I can go and give some love at eight o'clock. So appreciate you. So appreciate you making this seamless and we could just show up and do what we do. Absolutely. And thank you so much for joining us once again. Have a great week. You repeat what they created and get power to hate. But worst of all, we disappoint all the great black lives matter. Black lives matter. Yeah, hey. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Yeah, hey, hey.